Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I am Murray, and this week, I'm an agent of chemist. Clay has exhausted me. It is scientifically taxing. (laughs) It's making me use all those subjects that I did not do well in in high school. (laughs) Chemistry, math, other stuff with ologies in it. Oh, (laughs) I'm getting ready for the spring sales, which I hope we'll have in some way or shape or form. Yeah, yeah. I hope. And I was, I threw a beautiful pot. It's got like this great shape. It's great. It's round. It's like, it's beautiful. And it dried and it's got this, and I was watching it. I was like watching it carefully because I knew when I threw it, there was like a little wonk to it. So I just kind of dried it like really, really slowly. And I was watching it every day and it dried fine until the very last day and then this tiny little hairline crack showed up in the very bottom oh and i just drove me but it didn't go all the way through which is fine so i thought okay can i sand it out can i trim it out so i tried like i tried all my little tricks i tried trimming yeah because at this point the clay was like hard but also very very fragile so i could still trim um, and I was able to trim some of the crack out and I was able to sand some of the crack out and it wasn't, I could, I couldn't see it anymore. So I put it into the kiln, I fired it, brought it out and there's still like this tracings of this tiny little crack. And I thought, Oh, mm. like, cause it's such a beautiful pot. I still want to be able yeah. to use it. So I went to my little pottery network and was like, what, what can I do? And they had like all these old pottery ladies had these billions and billions of ideas, but it all involved like really tricky chemical (laughs) reactions. Like take a little bit of this material and mix it with some vinegar until you get like a paste. And then you, it was, it was, it was taxing on my poor little system, but I think <laughs> I think we worked it out. So I think I've got like this paste of compoundy stuff that I've mushed into the cracks. That's the same because you have to. I well, someone has to figure out like melting temperatures and and if the clay that you're using is not anyway. It's all it's it's a very scientific process. Like the clay has to be. The clay that you're inputting into the crack needs to be also kind of bisque. Otherwise, it's going to melt and shrink at a different rate than the rest of the clay. And then the glaze. Anyway, there's there's so much chemistry involved. My brain has no space for it. <laughs> um, just curious now, because, I mean, that sounds pretty complex and involved. And now I don't know anything about making pottery, so tell me I'm wrong. But I'm just curious. Would it have been easier just to start over? make a new one some (laughs) there is that line of thought some people go look for all the amount of time you're going to put into fixing this crack you could have thrown four or five other pots by this point 
And I get that line of thinking. But I also think if it's fixable, you could probably fix it. Okay. So, Just curious. So, yes, you are on one side of the debate for sure. <laughs> one side absolutely says, don't waste your time, throw it out, and just throw something new. Which is fine if you have the time and the luxury of time. But I, I could throw more pots, but I don't have the time to dry them and then fire them, and then get them in the firing that I want to get them into next week, so... Alright, so then you might not, so actually then, it might not have been easier to do yeah. it start over. So, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So, if it works, wonderful. If it doesn't work, I will have a lovely salad bowl that I can give away to someone. <laughs> <laughs> and suggest they don't use a runny dressing. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You gotta use a thick dressing. This is a blue cheese... Oh, there you go. Bowl. Yes. Not a yes. Salad. No vinaigrette. No vinaigrette. <laughs> Maybe that's how I'll sell it. I'll just uh, tell you what kind of salad to use. <laughs> anyway, that is me. My poor yes, little it... science brain has has hit the wall. Excellent. <laughs> well, I would, you know, basically set that. Uh, that salad bowl to the side of what I'm up to because I am the chief executive officer of grilling. Oh. And that is um, getting really into lighting logs or as the case may be um, burners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're like logs, little metal logs. Yeah. In no gatherings. So yes. still keeping it, uh, still keeping it to the family, but uh but yes, it was uh, as it has started warming up. I have uh, set up my little table next to the grill, oh, and that's uh, so nice. And there I was out there today with my copy of uh, of the uh, DC in the eighty through the eighties uh, cool uh, collection, and I was sitting oh, there nice. reading a team up between uh, you know Brave and the Bold two hundred basically uh, team up between. Uh, um, the Batman of both Golden and uh, and Silver Ages, and it was awesome. That's nice because that's one I don't think I read. I don't think I ever read that one. I just read I'd, that recently. Yeah, I I hadn't read it either, and um, it, it was of course the last issue uh, before um, it was replaced by Batman and the Outsiders. And in fact, I think it had um, a Batman and the Outsiders preview in in the yes. in the original issue, uh, but they don't reprint that here. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic collection. It's got uh, you know that team up. It's got the uh, DC Comics Presents annual team up uh, with um, um, Superman and the Earth Two Superman. Um, uh, which really kind of set up a whole lot of stuff that ended up getting used in Crisis, like the whole Alexander mm -hmm. Luthor thing. I was going to say, that's and the whole Alex Luthor intro, right? From that's Earth right, City. yeah, yeah. And um, and just a, a ton more stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm only sort of through the first uh, handful of stories, and there's all kinds of sort of behind-the-scenes, uh, you know, stuff from uh, Levitz and Kupperberg and... Um, uh, Elliot S. Magan and uh, all sorts of other people and a bunch oh, of uh, 
you know, I think one of the uh, Kubert sons um, writes a bit about about his dad's work on the war comics. Nice. There's a bunch of that stuff as well. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, you know, flipping to a random page, there's a there's a warlord issue, and uh, and it's and it ends off with the um, um, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, which is then followed by um, Alan Moore's somewhat lengthy uh proposal for uh twilight of the gods and, oh uh, cool houses and everything yes exactly and yeah, uh yeah it runs uh let's see here um yeah it's a bunch of pages um yeah this this uh this proposal he had for it and uh, you know it's it, it's been findable online for ages, but I think this is the first time the DC has certainly put it into print, which I'm sure makes uh, makes Alan Moore very happy. Oh yeah, he's um, thrilled. With that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so there I sat, uh, veggies on the grill and a whole bunch of drumsticks, and mm-hmm. um, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I know this is like regular uh, day ending in Y for for you guys out but uh <laughs> actually it's one thing we need to get we still don't have one of those grills oh yeah oh man um what i mean i i, I, st- I now i say that like i i still grill during the uh, uh the winter it's just that you know i'm constantly running back inside um, <laughs> it's harder when you have to shovel off the grill yeah right and i mean we've got it we've got a covered uh back porch so it's uh you know, it it, it uh, is generally kept uh, free of such things, but yeah, just you gotta move, a, uh, you gotta move the grill right by the back door. That way, you don't have to go out of the house to do it. it well, it it <laughs> is next. It is next to the back door, <laughs> but it's just you know, if it's cold and if it's it, 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 it builds up a bit of a wind there. We uh, we actually had it set up a bit differently before, and it, and uh, and this was just when uh, Janet started working from home. So just under a year ago, and uh, it blew over uh-huh. in in the wind, and it, it literally blew. It was windy enough to blow over the uh, the uh, the grill. So um, oh wow, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> and so we moved it, uh, you know, again right up uh, against the wall, essentially. So now it is, uh, you know, it it is, you know, we're very close to the door. Uh, but not, you know, so close that you could just, you know, reach a hand out because it's sliding doors, whole thing. But uh, but that's okay because <laughs> because now we can uh, start setting up that uh, setting up said backyard for uh, for actual use. And I look forward <sighs> to that. Yes. Yes. Summer's almost here. We're in pre-summer right now. Yeah. Exactly. Pre-summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll agree. Yeah. With that. Yeah, this week it's gonna, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's warmer and there's rain, so it'll be getting rid of all of that, that pesky snow. Mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, can't wait. How about you, sir? What's going on there? Oh, I'm out, and this week I am, I became an agent of Dwayne. Damn, what amazing yarns, new and exciting. Because I watched, I found online, um, it's on YouTube, it's under, uh, the group's called Watchtower Database. They mostly do, like, stuff about the DC animated universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Justice League and Superman. They made a uh, documentary called Dwayne McDuffie, Larger Than Life. 
Oh, I oh. heard about this. Yeah, so I watched that le- yesterday. It was really good. I mean, it gets into his whole, his life, his career at Marvel, DC, Milestone, obviously, his work on, you know, um, Deathlock, uh, that one um, fake proposal he put out, if you read that one, uh, was it the yes. teenage, uh, the teenage uh, skateboarders? That's right. I don't know if you know about that one, Murray. I do not. Yeah, he put out ones like, oh, it's like, you know, 25% of all black characters now coming out are now, you know, guys in skateboards. So here's a here's a team to make up, you know, to do that. Uh, Rocket Racer, Black Eyed Skateboard, uh, what do you say? Uh, Night Thrasher, Black Eyed Skateboard, Big Wheelie, Black Eyed Skateboard, and the mysterious leader that who we're going to call that mysterious guy on a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, there's more to it, but it's great. I'll have to but, check uh, it out. But yeah, no, there's, the documentary was really good, really well done. Good. Good, good. Nice. So it was definitely made me realize I didn't, because at the time I was in college, so at that time when Milestone came out, I really had no money to buy anything. Yeah. I think I was buying like one or two titles that I was already getting, and that was it. Like nothing else could make it on the new, on the new list yet. And by the time I started getting stuff again, it was pretty much over, but... I was just looking up, and Comixology actually is starting to get Milestone up on there now, and the Icon trade is on there like a couple bucks off. So I think I'm going to buy that this week. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's great stuff. I didn't, I didn't read much of it at the time either. I was, um, I guess, just really just trying to avoid, um, you know, other universes. Um, like it started what ninety one? Three, four? Was it that late? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, maybe I had been burned by impact, and so I decided that's it. Stick them with one universe. Well, one multiverse, really. One multiverse, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be... Started in 93. Huh. Okay. I'd be so interested it's... in seeing what their books look like on Comixology, because from what I remember, the coloring was really vivid. Like, it was... A different type of coloring. At least it in like different, blood like, syndicate and stuff. It was it was different than what we were seeing in the in the regular DC books. Now who was blood was Blood Syndicate Milestone? I didn't realize that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, yep, the original yeah. four were Icon Hardware Static and Blood Syndicate. And yeah, it says here static number one, June of ninety three. Wow. Which means it would have came out what, a month or two later, I no, a month or two earlier. So right yeah, when yeah. it was finishing high school and i really probably wasn't getting anything new because i knew i wasn't going to get it after Mm -hmm, like a few issues mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah that's that stuff's you know and i i I, at any rate i didn't read it until years later and you know you started to see be able to find issues here and there and um yeah, it was, it was, it, it, I think it was a, also, I mean, it was styled a little differently than what we were, mm-hmm. uh, what we were used to, like you say. And, um, you know, I think they were experimenting with new printing technologies as well as everybody was. And, yeah. um, and, and so I think it was, I, you know, I liked, I liked Dennis Cowan in the question. So I think that he was involved kind of drew me to it for as, as one. Um, and was Jean-Paul Leon one of the, uh, 
Yeah. yeah. I was just looking at that. He did Static. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And Bright did Icon. So I know I'm going to like that one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because he had just come off doing uh, Green Lantern at that point. Yeah, that's right. He was doing Green yeah. Lantern initially. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, definitely worth watching, especially if you're interested in him or just for comics history. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because that's when you realize just how much stuff that you loved that he was involved in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole stuff about him, the static TV show and the Justice League TV TV shows yeah. and uh, Ben 10, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff he was involved mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, hey, speaking of which, um, we have some crazy stuff to get into. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Lady Quirk is spanking a. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm not sure who did this cover. If it is, uh, it it's Maguire. It's a Maguire. It yeah. Yeah, it's McGuire and Kessel. I looked it up to make sure. All right, yeah. I mean, could you doubt with that face of the one guy all well, on the right getting punched? Well, that's just Yeah, right. <laughs> so we've got um, a bunch of, uh, of Legion foot soldiers, uh, from the looks of it, uh, getting their butts kicked by Lady Quark. What? Uh-huh. Um, Someone's going rogue. Yes, yes. And it says mutiny. So... It looks like so. I guess maybe we have a T R A T I O R. It could be. Yes. We shall see. We shall see. Um, so we see some hands that are tied. It says, please don't do this. And then we uh, see the guy's shirt getting ripped off. Too late now, sinner. You've been wicked. You broke the law. We have to punish you. This does feel like something out of a Judge Dredd comic, right? Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Um, He's got this nasty claw-looking thing. I mean, that is a, uh, you know, as a back scratcher, that is a nasty one. <laughs> That's um, thinking it's the worst back scratcher ever. Right? Yeah. Um, the only question is how best to do it. Subcutaneous scraper? But we're innocent. You've no proof. We deserve a fair trial. Tongue extractor, perhaps? Oh, my. Yeah. That looks like a kind of a drill with, a like, a staple remover on it. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What say we sure begin with the, with the barbed whip? Oh, this is a different kind of comic entirely. Um, and no, please, crack, and we see blood and screaming, and, and he says, uh, and you can see that he has, um, you know, lashed the backs of several uh, guys that are hanging from this uh, this pillory. Um, he says, "Let this be a lesson to all of you: break the law, and Legion will break you." And then we see people down there, all wearing green shirts. Uh, uh-huh. That seems to be what they wear in this place. Uh, bloodthirsty bastards, you've no right. Let them go. And this is brought to us, uh, script by Alan Grant, which he co-plotted with Barry Kitson, who also handled the pencils. And Mark Pennington once again joins us on inks with letters provided by Gaspar. <laughs> uh, Laverne Kinzierski once again does the colors, and Bad Dan Raspler is the editor. Uh-huh. Um, we see them, uh, damn Legion, damn Vril Docks, fascists. And one of the guys is slow to learn, huh? Maybe one of you would like to be next. And he gets a big old corkscrew out and uh, them zap. And, uh, and all, it all blows up for him. And no, and, uh, and, and uh, Lady Quark. 
And you brutal scum, she says. You are a disgrace to the uniforms you wear. And the guy says, she fights for the sinners. Give her her traitor's reward. Blow her out of the sky. And um, they start firing on her. And Lady Quark is, you know, basically absorbing the blast. She says, FaZe was right to send me after them when they failed to report in. But this is even worse than she feared. And uh, now she's blasting at them. And the, the guns... And she says, let us see if you were as brave without weapons in your hands. As She blows up all their guns. Um, we don't like doing this to one of our own, but you leave us no choice. Take her. The day that the Empress of Quark can be taken by evil renegades like you is the day I forswear my royal bloodline. The day I lay aside my legion insignia. And, and she says all these things while she's kicking guards' asses left and right. Uh-huh. And uh, she doesn't take up begging on the streets of terror. She throws the last of them. So fall all those who abuse their power and privilege. We owe them. Give them to us. We'll show them justice. No, you would merely be sinking to their level. The law of the mob is no law at all. I will return them to care, and believe me, they will be given the punishment they deserve. By the moons of Quark, I swear it. Uh, we get back to... Um, to headquarters and uh, someone on the phone is saying rob the bank on zeal we know it was legionnaires security security vid taped the whole thing beat up the demonstrators your men phase hired legion to protect us not torture us I demand to speak to docs she says I'm afraid commander docs is otherwise engaged you'll have to make do with me yes I'm fully aware of the other complaints we're doing our best to investigate I've told you I will deal with it First, I'm going to deal with real bloody docs. And <laughs> off she goes. And um, um, oh, what's her name again? Uh, Ignea. Ignea. Yeah. Ignea. So uh, docs is mooning over uh, a framed picture of Ignea uh, in his office. And uh, Faze comes in and says, docs, I've had 17 complaints this morning alone. There's a traitor in the ranks. Legion's fallen to pieces. You sit staring at the photograph? What the hell's going on? Nothing. Nothing. Well, for God's sake, say something. Do you think I should grow my hair again, he says? (laughs) (laughs) And if we weren't convinced that there's something wrong with Docs before now, (laughs) this panel clearly... uh, Yeah clearly shows Docs is no longer in his right mind. So we get back out into space and there's uh, Lobo on top of his chopper. Oh yeah. What a life. Time was I had a rep. Toughest dude between here and the fragalantic clouds. Now every creep and his sister has superpowers and I'm just another act in real Docs' fragging circus. And he's cheering up. <laughs> and how better to get it than a couple hours prime time with my little fishy buddies. You see the flying dolphins? Daddy's home, uh-huh. guys. Hey, ain't you pleased to see me? What is it? You're in a real state. Something's wrong, right? Inside? That what you're trying to say? And he goes to a door that uh, has scrawled on it, Lobo's place. <laughs> he walks in and he goes full Han Solo. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. Somebody's been here. I can smell the bastard. In my kitchen, who the frag would dare? Scent leads straight to the freezer. 
oh, I saw this issue of Green Lantern. This isn't going to be good. <laughs> no. no, you haven't no. yet because it hasn't come out. Hasn't it? No. no. This is 91. I, I That's post-Zero Hour. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. I had to No, check. it's before. That's right. That, that was like concurrent with Zero Hour. Oh, right? concurrent. Yeah, was, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because he but was I mean, there. Yeah. It's like, it was like 53 and like 55 or 56 is like the Zero Hour crossover. Oh, right. Okay. So it's pretty much <laughs> right there. Yeah. Uh, Bastage must be a dwarf. All right. Come out of there, yeah. And he sees the head of one of the dolphins. On a in plate. In the fridge. In Aww. the fridge. With, He's been uh, fridged. Yeah, with uh, a note in its mouth that says, eat well, you're next. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, aside from that, it's a normal uh, bachelor fridge, you know, mostly. Totally. Uh, <laughs> mostly cans of beer with a couple of, uh, with a couple, well, this has a couple of tomatoes. You know, in my day, it would have been uh, some, some beer and, uh, and, um, Bacon. A couple of different, well, mustard. <laughs> yeah. A couple yeah. of different kinds of mustard. I'm just trying to figure out why um, Lobo has vegetables or fruit in there. Right? Tomatoes? Yeah, it's like, weird. It's weird. Um, what in the name of Fetal's Gizzard? My baby. And then we uh, we switch back <laughs> and uh, we see um, Lydia in front of Larissa's statue. And um, Stealth shows up. I don't know how you have the nerve to show your face here. I'm not goofing off. Honest, Stealth, says Lydia. I just wanted a moment to think about my mother. She she died to save me, you know. Damn you, says Stealth. She died because you killed her. What? You heard. Larissa Mallard died because her daughter hunted her down and murdered her. Stealth, that's enough, yells Strata. She says, there's no need for that. How could you be so cruel as uh, as Lydia walks away, or dashes away in tears? Lydia, or, and uh, Stealth uh, gets into it with Strata. Larissa was my friend. I love that lady. Strata says, you think I didn't? But it wasn't Lydia killed her. She was only a tool for the computer tyrants. She can't be held responsible. I thought your coming back would help pull us together. But you're only making things worse. You ask me, Legion's starting to fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. And we switch in. Boom, and, boom, boom. Uh, yes, and FaZe is saying, it's all falling apart. We have a hundred plus of our own people in our holding pens on charges ranging from public indecency to murder. And we still don't have a clue as to why. And she's uh, explaining all this to uh, to Lady Quark, um, Telepath, Garv, uh, Mary Jane, and... Uh, Captain Squarejaw. Um, <laughs> Telepath says, I've scanned every single one of them, and you know what? None of them know why they did it. They just felt like it. We're rushing headlong for catastrophe, says FaZe, and I can't even get Docs to listen to me. Our commander has fallen in love, and that can hit a man hard, uh, says Captain Comet, as, and he looks at Mary Jane and thinks to himself, as I myself am learning. <laughs> um, Lady Quark says we had no no trouble until those new recruits arrived. In particular, there's something I do not like about that Ignea. Uh, uh, yeah, she's making time with Docs. That yeah. would be what she doesn't like. Yeah, and uh, um, Faze is thinking jealous, perhaps. Lady Quark still. Telepath Garve, you've been closest to them. What do you think? And Telepath says, I scanned each of them as deeply as I could without harming them. As far as I can tell, they're all clear. 
I've been keeping him under close surveillance, says Garve. Nobody's put a foot out of place. That means nothing, says Lady Quark. I still say it has to be them. Is there no other alternative? Says Captain <laughs> Comet. And uh, Mary Jane says, yes, although it's not a pleasant thought. If there is a traitor, a saboteur, it could be one of us. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and uh, we see them kind of looking at each other. Then uh, Lady Quark's head turns. They're all still looking at each other. And it kind of looks like they're in. sorry. What? It kind of looks like they're all looking at Lady Quark for the most part. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a little bit. I mean, except for Garb, the other four look like they're looking at Quark when she's looking away. They're like, yeah, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Strata bursts in and says, "I thought I'd find you here. You'll never believe what Stealth's just gone and told Lydia." Not now, Strata says. Uh, uh, phase. Personal problems are going to have to wait. Our trouble's a lot more serious. Telepath, come with me. Uh, why do you need me? You know, it's time. No, not that. Not him. That's a direct order. Now move. Or you'll find yourself on the wrong side of the bars. This isn't fair. This really isn't fair. And uh, Strata says, forgive my innocence, but what exactly is going on here? She's going to make him scan. She's going to make him scan real docs. <gasps> Meanwhile, Lydia has cornered docs and is saying, I killed my own mother and you didn't even tell me? You deliberately let me think, Lydia, listen to me. And hear more of your lies? Never. I hate you. I hate you. As she starts to punch at him and he grabs her fist and says, Lydia, please. I did it for your sake. I only wanted to protect you. I swear I was only thinking of you. Don't feel guilty. Don't dwell on it. The tyrants of Kolu killed Larissa, not you. Go see Faze. She'll explain it to you. Think it over. You'll see I'm right. I knew she'd be trouble, he thinks, as she walks away. I should have run the control program on her. Damn the Durlin and his weakling's <laughs> advice. And um, Faze says, uh, says to um, Telepath, well... Nothing unusual. He's the same cold, ruthless bastard we know and hate. Go deeper. Please, FaZe. You know what he said he'd do if I ever read his mind. And she says, you are, then you'd be better make sure he doesn't find out. <laughs> Groan. And Ignea walks into his office and says, Vril? Vril, is everything all right? He says, sorry. Oh, yes, my ap apologies, Ignea. I was thinking about all these accidents. It's terrible, isn't it? The gossip is there's some sort of traitor in our ranks. But I don't believe anyone could be so nasty. Um, and he says, hey, don't you worry your pretty little head about it. I'll take care of it later. We have our own plans to make. And, uh, and, and he starts smooching with her. And um, Faye says, any luck to uh, Telepath? Telepath says, no, he really is the same old bastard. The only difference is... He's a bastard in love. <laughs> that could be a song. Exactly. Or a miniseries. Um, <laughs> Lobo, bastard in love. Why do I have to be a bastard in love? <laughs> or, of course, it would be bastard in love. Well, um, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, yellow-bellied bastard, I'll rip your guts out with a rusty nail. I'll sieve your innards and make you frag and drink them. See, we've already got the chorus. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a, he, he, you know, he kind of kind of runs a little into uh, Yosemite Sam territory for the most, but um, <laughs> getting close. Said leads right to that asteroid. Start screaming, screaming now, worm food, as he lands on the on the asteroid. You're gonna take a month to die. Yeah, hear me cough and breath. I'm gonna mangle your brains, rip out your tongue, beat you unconsciousness, unconscious with your own ripped off arms. Extract your spine via your butt. Now come out of there and fight before I really start to get mad. And we see the uh, sort of uh, factory-looking thing. And um, and we get inside. And what's his name again? God. God, yes. God. Uh, he says, it, it's started, Rebel, the beginning of their end. For like this beautiful diamond-hard jewel, the basic structure of Legion is flawed. And all you need to do is find the fault line. And he taps it with his thumbnail and uh, it starts to crack. And the cracks begin to show. Slowly at first it starts to fragment and then faster, inexorably faster until his doom is sealed. And I have just struck at Legion's flawed heart. Next month, major quake. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Man, yeah. that issue kind of breezed by quickly. Yeah. It did. It was a, uh, yeah, pretty focused. Yeah, it moved quickly, yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. yeah they have so some fun in the letter column where uh, mm -hmm. throughout the letters, the people ask various questions or whatever, and the, the assistant editor there um, says, um, he just has fun with the whole monarch thing. So he says, we disagree with what you said about Lady Quark. She's not, or yeah, she's nothing if not honest. Unfortunately, we won't be seeing Hawkwoman in these pages in the near future, as you know by now. She's Monarch, and then, <laughs> and then in the next letter, it's uh, it's too bad you feel that way you do about Lady Quark, since as you know by now, she's Monarch. <laughs> and then in the next letter, Adam Strange, as you know by now, is Monarch. So they just kind of have fun playing with the whole. Yep. This guy's monarch. Nope. This guy's monarch. Nope. Lobo's monarch. <laughs> that makes yeah. That would make as much sense as Hawk would make him Hawk monarch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and mm -hmm. remember, like that had just come out, right? Like, cause uh... it is, cause yeah, they're advertising uh, Armageddon the Alien Agenda at the end of this issue. Right. Which so is that's monarch. The... Uh, bouncing through time, I guess. Or yeah, monarch versus time. Captain Adam. In in um, like prehistoric times. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. Is that Alien Agenda? Oh yes. yeah, because then yes. it's Armageddon Inferno that brings back the Justice. Yeah, Society. Inferno that's the one brings that... back the Justice yes. Society. Yes, that's the one that's, that at least did something good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's the one I think I bought. I don't know if I still have it. But Isn't I'm that sure I bought the it. one also with like uh, Enemy Ace and Ultra Boy? Uh, yes. yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Messy stuff. Huh. Um, but yeah, no, this does go by quickly, probably because even like the little subplot stuff, for the most part, have to deal with the same. It's all about the whole Legion falling apart. So there's no subplots that are like completely separate. You know, there's no stealth on another planet getting ready to give birth like before. Yeah. It's all basically about this under the same umbrella uh -huh. 
Yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it was very much, um, yeah, it just, it just felt brisk. Um, yeah, it was breezy. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. It feels a lot like they're taking from the annual, like the annual is supposed to be like a hint of what's to come, not just in those relationships, but in the uh-huh. t- what they're doing story-wise. I mean, the annual is all about people rebelling against Legion because they were becoming fascist and kind of the same thing here. It's just not Doc's directing it. Right. Right. So now this would have been, so it would have come out in uh, like August, I guess. Because cover date is so. November. Yeah. All right. So here's a thing that happened on um, in August of, of 1991. A guy named Tim Berners-Lee on August 6th released files describing his idea for a thing called the World Wide Web. Oh wow! And uh, and so that was when it uh, debuted as a publicly available service on the internet. Wow! You're pretty close. Yeah. Actually, I just looked up on Mike's Amazing World, uh, thirty-three September twenty-fourth, ninety-one. Oh, September twenty-fourth. Oh well. So we oh. were a month away from that. So close. So close enough. So September. Okay. So let's uh, <clears throat> let's look instead at September. Um, uh, let's see here. <clears throat> uh, the USSR had recognized the independence of the three Baltic republics, Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, that would have been, uh, when, um, Nirvana released Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> Um, the whole Clarence Thomas thing started then. Um, oh boy. Just, yeah, just to give a little bit of the... Uh, and so uh, it was the 24th, you say? That's what it said on Next Amazing World. Well, it must be right. Um, on the 24th, uh, let's see, the... Um, <clears throat> Shows Good and Evil and Sibs appeared on ABC. Um, and uh, and on that day, two weeks after they had released Smells Like Teen Spirit, uh, Nirvana released Nevermind. <laughs> so there we go. Actually, on look, this day. And also looking it up, and actually it's not just the cover month, it's that same day. Speaking of Ray McDuffie, Deathlock number five came out. Weird. And Fantastic Four 358, which is the one where they go to find Alicia because they just found out she is a scroll. Oh my gosh, that's right. Was that 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 late, huh? Yeah. Wow. For some reason, I thought she got discovered as a, of a, as a scroll much earlier. No, it was right that time. And ooh, Infinity Gauntlet number five is out that month. Week huh. before that. Week before this. Yeah. That's crazy. And a week later, the Jerry Springer show debuted. Oh, Jerry Springer. Wow. Jerry, oh. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So just to give a little uh, historical context for for what we're reading here. Uh-huh. So there you go. Excellente. Oh, it's the issue of New Titans where the Team Titans show up from the annual. 
Ugh. Right, because that, yeah, wow. That's right, because they got, yeah. So that means uh, that we then got the uh, the multiple um, issue ones with oh, the yes. variant chapters. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it's not that series yet. This is just New Titans number 80 when they first showed up at, you know, outside of the annual. They wouldn't get their title for like a little while longer, I think. This is when they're still wearing the Titan. They just are, you know, like guest stars in the Titan book. Right. But it wouldn't be that far off because this was my last year of university. And and I seem to remember reading those issues there, which Uh, is technically here. Um, Team Titans. Yeah, about a year away. Uh, September 28th. uh, Sorry. July 28th, 1992 is Team Titans number one. Oh, wow. Okay, then I didn't read it here. I read it at home. Wow, (laughs) weird. That'd be crazy. Uh It's funny when I look up, actually look up stuff and I go, oh, that's not what I remembered. I guess my memory mixes stuff up. I have this vivid, you know, not real memory of, um, of, you know, reading that, that, those issues. Um, That's weird. Crazy. Well, no, that happens. Uh, the first thing I can remember, like, the first oldest memory I had was when I was two and my parents took me to see Star Wars in the drive-in. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't really watch all of it. I bounced around a lot, but I watched enough of it that <laughs> yeah. I was into it. Because, you know, I was two. But yeah. in my head, I always remember there being a scene that I could ne- I never saw in the movie afterwards where, like, they would jump through those blast doors closing when they're running through on the Death Star and getting yeah. captured. And then, like, years later, I'm like, Wait, that's the scene from Spaceballs, where they capture the stunt doubles. I'm like, I wonder if I mix those two up. Oh, that's funny. You never actually saw Star Wars at the drive-in. It was always Spaceballs. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it was Spaceballs all along. Yep. <laughs> I have this, this memory of um, going to see... One of the adaptations of um, Treasure Island at the drive-in, and that the the blind beggar looked like Batman, like Adam West Batman, <laughs> and uh, and I have since rewatched that version, and of course that wasn't the case, um, but you know it was like, but yeah, I could have sworn he had a cowl, and that's just the way I had re- I had re- remembered it. I'm not sure what it was I was conflating that with at the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was fairly convinced because I think it was like, like it would have been a, a treasure Island and, um, and Superman two were the, were the two movies that they were showing. And, huh. um, so yeah, I'm not sure how, how that all comes together, but, but it's crazy is what it is it's yeah. crazy oh this is also the month let's see where the gods number three came out this month that's right the um sorry the underlying uh crossover, event <laughs> crossover of, the of the year that's right and yes. if anyone's interested wonder woman number 60 was a war which is obviously where the gods crossover with wonder woman versus lobo <gasps> oh my goodness hmm that seems like something we should be looking at. Um, check that one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what God that covers, but you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see if it lists characters. Uh, no, it just says Wonder Woman. It doesn't even say Lobo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, hmm. Wow, that is interesting. All righty. Uh-huh. Oh, real I, quick, I have to say, this is one of the few times I agree with Docs on something. The whole thing with Lydia. Like, considering what was done to her, I think not telling her about her mom and lying to her about that was the right way to do it. He was actually, for once, I actually agree with his decisions. Yeah, I think, I, 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 I agree. I, I guess it's just one of those things where it was perhaps... Um, the word for it perhaps um inevitable yes. yeah that but, uh, mean, she would find out yeah but it's not like she was someone who grew up and something happened to her she was forced totally. to a baby, so it's not like she even has like really the emotional maturity to deal with stuff for all we know so yeah i mean it's enough to go yeah you were forcibly you know tortured and forced to be raised you know become an adult quickly let's not also throw in that you killed your mother <laughs> Let's not be cruel to you. Yeah, step at a time here, folks. Yeah. Hey, as I was looking up uh, Teen Titan stuff, um, I learned that the first animated appearance of uh, the Teen Titans was, of course, the uh, Filmation series of cartoons <laughs> in 1967. And uh, they were in the Superman, Aquaman, Hour of Adventure. And the, the members that they had in the team lineup, because they couldn't use Robin, um, it was uh, Speedy, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, and Aqualad. Uh, but the most important thing about it is that Speedy was voiced by Pat Harrington Jr., who would later be Schneider on <gasps> One Day at a Time. Really? Really? Wow. So that's that's crazy. Um, his his dad was an actor as well, so he kind of had an in. And into the business, as it were. But yes, so he played um, um, he played the Atom as well when they did uh, Atom cartoons, and oh uh, and and Speedy, and uh... oh, so there you go. My mom used to watch that show when I was a kid. It's one of the few, one of the things I do remember from you know before I was like five. Yeah. That, <laughs> That was the that was the basis for my first celebrity crush when I was like five. Valerie Bertinelli. Valerie Bertinelli. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yes, definitely her, and not Mackenzie Phillips. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. All right. Well, that's all, all I got. Yeah. Cool. Well, then we will uh, see you all next week, unless there's any feedback or there, whatever. There isn't, but I'm going to tell people where they can direct such feedback. You can send it to us at, uh, oh, wait, actually, let me just check, just in case. Oh. What if I'm wrong? That'd be cool. Um, nope. Nope, nothing. All right. So, folks, uh, you can send your feedback to us at uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com, or you can head over to the uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters uh, Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.com slash uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters, right? Um, uh, or you can head over to our website, Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode.
right on. All righty. B Y E E E E E E E. Um, H A S T A L U E G O. A N T I O S A S. A N N T one. Carry the one. <laughs> <laughs> It's all Greek to me.